This is Software Defined Survival, where we explore how software-defined systems are changing the business of AVIT. Today on Software Defined Survival. But when all the problems are solved in the background, when um, as the industry moves to a mo more open systems, it's like there's a big wave that co comes crashing down, a tsunami, and you need to be prepared for it. And so you feel like if you're making money, you're being successful, but what you don't realize is um, change comes, it always does. With open systems and our kind of hardware and say your kind of software, you have basically, the, the, you can do anything you want in the future. You are not committed to a one company um, who has the top to bottom solution. Welcome to Software Defined Survival. My name is Patrick Murray. And after taking a break for a few weeks from the podcast to get some real work done, we're back. And today's guest is co-founder and VP of business development at Global Cache. Global Cache makes connectivity products that let programmers like me control and automate pretty much anything using whatever software we like. And in an industry full of proprietary solutions, that is quite the unique approach. So that's why I am really looking forward to learning a lot today from Robin Ford. Robin, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Patrick. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I think probably I'll be the one who's doing more of the learning than you are, but I appreciate that sentiment. Is there, uh, is there anything about that introduction you'd like to correct or expand upon? No, it's true. I am a co-founder of Global Cache, and I am the VP of Business Development. We've been around now for 16 years, and what we do is we manufacture hardware that connects almost anything electronic um, to either a Wi-Fi or IP network so that you can control and automate it. And because it's you know, built and based around open systems, that means that it's very, very easy to use this product with any kind of control software that you that you choose. Absolutely. I've used it many times myself and uh, it's a really cool thing being able to, yeah, taking the constraints of a proprietary system, just going to the internet, downloading something, reading up on it with Google and um, just sending over commands and and turning things on and off. And now you have an HDMI switcher, which is pretty interesting and, and using the database to pull down IR codes. It's, uh, it's really cool. It opens up a lot of opportunities to solve many of the problems we, we see in AV. Uh, thank you. We, we appreciate that you, that you appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, we founded the company around that idea and that was that we didn't um, start a company to be a control company. We started a company to provide hardware to connect things so that folks like yourselves could do what you needed to do for the industry and we could just do the physical connections and make it very easy for you. And for the and for the end users and for the installers, which is not a common approach in this industry. So you talked about getting started. Um, was this your first uh, introduction to AV with this company? How did you get started in this business? So um, 
My husband and I actually started the company, and we've had several companies. The last company that we um, had started, uh, we took public on the NASDAQ, and we were a Silicon Valley company. And when we took our company public, which was an uh, a infrastructure software company, the, the only real competitor to Citrix, and they had licensed our technology, actually. We took the company public and built the big house in Silicon Valley. And when we went to, because we were, we were Silicon Valley people, high-tech people, we went to automate it. And when we did that, we found that really what was available at the time, which is I think about 2000, 2001, 2000, I guess, um, was uh, AMX and Crestron, really high and um, proprietary systems, which to us was, we, we, we just felt it was a little ridiculous because we knew that the technology existed to actually provide something open, uh, more simple, something that would... Um, uh, something that would be more flexible, actually. And we had lived through, in IT, we had lived through that whole going from proprietary systems, uh, top to bottom systems, um, to more open systems where you could plug together whatever you wanted. You, you chose the software you needed, then you got the hardware that that worked with it, you know, you didn't have to get an HP mouse to go with an HP uh, PC, you know, could plug in whatever you wanted. And we had seen that happen. We, we felt that that was going to happen for control in the AV market. And we kind of tucked that in the back of our heads. And then when we left the company a few years later, we were thinking about what we were going to do next. And we thought, wow, that's a, that's a great opportunity because we're ahead of the curve. It was still very high-end proprietary systems, but there were some companies coming along that were doing um, automation on a PC and that sort of thing. This was before the you know tablets and smartphones. so. Um, we started this company along the thinking that there'd be folks like yourself who were really smart and really had these great ideas and understood the industry and what people wanted. And we would just, you know, make the hardware that connected everything. I like that story a lot. So you were going to build a house and you were familiar with technology and, uh, and your introduction into AV was yeah, wow. two big players, yeah. not much choice, right? Um, yeah, I, AMX yeah, and Crestron, great company, great products, both of them, but yeah. right, not much choice out there, which... Um, well, it, to us, it was crazy. It was, I yeah. think it was something like $125,000 to automate our home. And we thought, wow, we could go down to Fry's and cobble together something if we had the software. So to us, that was, that was kind of what led us into the industry. Interesting. Um, so you also talked about watching the change in IT from proprietary systems to more open systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you expected that to happen? What's What's been your experience? Well, now? we knew. We knew it was going to happen. So let me give you, backing up, um, our first company was a hardware company, and we made um, – kind of the same kind of thing in heart. We, we basically, we were in the digital equipment world and we made an emulator, a, um, a terminal emulator hardware. And so we were on the side of the big proprietary systems. And I, I know I'm aging myself here, but 
I believe experience is valuable. Um, so what, what happened for us was we were incredibly successful out of the gate with this product. And I think we had like 25 uh, um, competitors at the time, so we weren't afraid of competition. We did really well. But for many years, we heard about open systems coming, that, you know, these, these big proprietary systems were going to go the way of, you know, history. And at first I was worried, but then it didn't happen for so long. So I just kind of said, oh, it's never going to happen. And then it was almost overnight. We, the company that we were an emulator for, which is digital equipment, had 125,000 employees this was in the 80s, late 80s. They had, I think they were doing about 17 or $18 billion in 1980s money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And they, they were gone almost overnight, although it took about 10 years. <laughs> but, you know, for, for so long, we just, it, you know, we just thought we were, it was going to be fine. And so I think that there's a, there's a lot to be learned from that industry that um, because a lot of those companies are gone that were billion dollar companies hmm. and I see that happening in this industry it's a long slow slog sometimes but when all the problems are solved in the background when um, as the industry moves to a mo more open systems it's like there's a big wave that com comes crashing down a tsunami and you need to be prepared for it and when we when we looked at the AV industries we said well that that will happen. Uh, it's not going to stay, you know, $125,000 or something to automate a big house. That's just not going to happen. And you can see it happening now. I mean, anytime you turn on the TV and you, you see someone at an airport turning on and off their lights or, you know, closing their garage door, that, that's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody knew what a touchscreen was before the iPhone came out. I, I screamed when the iPad came out. I mean, I was thrilled about the iPhone, but when, when the tablet came out, I just knew everything changed because, you know, at that time, I, I forget how much it cost, but for a Crestron and AMX, you know, flat panel, it was thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And then this, this incredible device came out and it, it really did change a lot for everybody. And then, of course, with Amazon Echo, wow. You know, it changes everything to Alexa, it changes everything. Yeah. So we're touching on a whole bunch of points here. Uh, just want to <laughs> look how much down. we've changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've just come a long way. So to highlight a few of the things that you said, there's, there's like things happen very slowly. Um, and then all of a sudden, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it seems like there's, if you want to be a part of that new change of that, all of a sudden, there's a lot of, uh, positioning and groundwork that needs to be laid during mm -hmm. that very slow part, right? Yes, mm -hmm. it's true. So what, um, what's been your experience with that? How, how do you, so if the business hasn't changed yet, right? How do you mm -hmm. get through that slow part? How do you kind of make yourself relevant when, mm -hmm. you're, when you're too early, basically? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a couple of things you need to do. I mean, for us, when um, the world changed, uh, we contracted. As a, as a company, we contracted what we were able to survive, but just barely. And what we did is we took our technology, which was hardware-based, and we just 
we we went into a, a whole different thing and that was we became a software based company using old technology you know it wasn't easy it was very difficult i wish i mean looking back on it you know now of course you know it's uh it's 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 easy to make that decision now after living through it but um i wish we had laid the groundwork uh when we first started seeing that the changes were going to happen because in the beginning I, I was fearful and but then you know you you get kind of lazy if it doesn't happen right away you think gosh you know it's not going to happen and now I realize it was just right in front of us and we were we weren't listening because we were making money and so you feel like if you're making money you're being successful but what you don't realize is um, change comes it always does and it, it always does with anything high tech or technical. So you need to lay the groundwork and be thinking about what am I going to do when, when this change happens. So for instance, I think it's the integrator who needs to be thinking, um, don't just, don't just, you know, poo poo the fact that um, software is the driving force and it will be. It's not just big iron like it used to be. Um, you know, Crestron, I don't even include AMX in the, you know, the big guys anymore. But, you know, Crestron and some of the other proprietary systems, um, they're making noises about being open, but they're not open. And digital equipment did the same thing. Before their last gasp, they actually tried to rename their operating system to open VMS instead of VMS. And they really hadn't changed much. So they, they were as unprepared as, as we were. And I, I think when you're that big, it's really hard to, to kind of turn that ship. And for us, um, if, I could, if I learned anything from it, I, I would have listened to my intuition. I would have realized that, yes, you can still be making money and the market is changing. And, and it really is changing. We, we actually have distributors who um, have started completely different companies. They're, they could be selling, a, a, say, a Crestron, and they've started a completely different company with a different name that's completely separate doing more of the open system stuff preparing themselves for that day because sometimes if you're selling Crestron or other companies like that you can be punished for selling something else and that happened in the digital equipment days too but these people are are preparing for when the the market makes that change and they're learning they're learning with their new companies what is it people what it, what is it the end user cares about, and um, I think that's a, a really smart thing to do. Absolutely, it's it's uh, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I really like the parallels of your experience with um, with what happened in the '80s and and kind of seeing and noticing similarity similarities that are happening today. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. comes down to change is hard, whether you're a big company or a small one, or even like in your personal life, change is just a hard thing to deal with and to it's true. To make a decision to, yeah, to, like you were saying, to make the change and start learning because nobody really yes. knows the future, right? Everything's new for everyone. So we're mm-hmm. going to make mistakes and stumble a bit before we get to where we're going. Right. Exactly. So I think that's the most important thing is to be, is to 
um, is to trust your gut, I guess, or to, to trust your intuition and to listen to what you're, you're hearing all around you. And um, yeah, hedge your bets, basically. Because I, I, you see, to me, it's not a, it, to me, it's, there's no, there's no if it's going to happen. It's when. And, you know, it can't stay the way it was. It just can't. The technology is there now that, that you know, changes everything. One of the things you and I have talked about before that um, I find so fascinating about the industry that we're in is they, that the industry seems to still think that a big piece of hardware is the value, you know, you know, and that's the way it was when digital equipment and Wang and all these other huge companies were selling products because they had one big piece of, of hardware with all the smarts in it, and then they'd sell it. And then when, when we started breaking apart software from the hardware, which is really, to me, open system, um, then people started realizing it's the software it's the smarts that is the real value. And then you get the hardware that'll run it. And we still have people in our industry who don't seem to understand that um, equation. And, but, they're slow, but people are slowly, they're getting it, especially with apps available and the way the, the market is, is starting to turn. Right. So if um, maybe you could think about that change that happens and uh, I don't know, maybe predict or even point out some things that you're seeing happening right now, some parallels that indicate, you know, those who have taken advantage of the change. I'm really trying to get a sense of, you know, what, what, what do things look like after the wave crashes? Right. Well, one of the things I can tell you that has, I've been in um, high tech for a long time. And one thing that I've, I've never been able to experience until this company was being first to market. And that's a really exciting thing. But, but you are, you know, forging new paths and that sort of thing. So, you, you know, there's some scrapes and bumps along the way. Um, if you can make it through to when the, you know, everything changes, you're in a, you have a huge advantage. And we do have partners that, um, have uh, one partner um, thinking of that I've known for quite a long time. Um, I'm not going to mention names so much, but they basically were a very the the, the founder of the company was a, a a very successful integrator, and then he became a very big believer in this this the, the open systems, and he developed a a, a, a cloud based um, solution, and. It's been hard. It was very hard for them. I think it's probably been six or seven years, and it's really just the last couple of years that they're really enjoying success because there were so many years of just fighting it out with the big iron companies like the Crestrons or AMXs, and they had cloud-based, and I, our industry didn't really understand it. But what happened was they found that um, colleges, educational institutions, huge corporations, those kind of companies, they understand. They completely understand open systems. They don't like proprietary systems 
but they didn't really have much choice back in the, you know, the old days. So those have been the early adopters. And those are the companies who really put value on the software. And then, oh, what hardware do I need to put everything together? I think the, the home um, the residential market is, it, it follows step after a while because what happens is you're using it at work. It, you know, verifies for you that it works. And so you want to use it in your home and sort it's sort of a smaller arena. So, um, I, I see that happening, um, uh, quite a bit. And then, um, for, Companies that are using, for instance, apps. We've seen some companies be very successful who came out with apps running on um, either your smartphone or a tablet, and they basically can control everything in the home using our product, for instance, to connect everything. Those, uh, uh, one of those companies was uh, actually sold for quite a bit of money not that long ago. So um, we've seen some real success in that arena. The beauty is with our kind of, with open systems and our kind of hardware and say your kind of software, you have basically, the, the, you can do anything you want in the future. You are not committed to a one company um, who has the top-to-bottom solution, which I think is a mistake uh, in, in many ways. So to be able to provide choices and options and also kind of, I, I, I hate to say proof, but kind of future-proof the product, that's, that's a big deal. It's very valuable. And because it, Actually, it really promotes competition. What happens is pricing gets more competitive. So the end user, they, they're the ones who, who really benefit. Interesting. Yeah, um, I'm in agreement with you there. When, when I started learning AV, um, you, you needed different manufacturers to put a complete system together. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that that is the value that an integrator provides is, is looking at what a customer needs, what, what the end solution should look like, and then deciding on the technology that they're going to use to fulfill it. And yeah, the trend is sometimes backwards. Uh, the technology comes first and you kind of don't really get to express that, that, uh, yeah, that creativity. Right. One of the things I think that has helped our industry um, move forward is as soon as I started seeing advertisements on TV that talked about, oh, you can, you know, turn your lights on and off and that sort of thing. I mentioned that earlier. Um, what changed there was in the past, an integrator would walk in they sold one top to bottom uh, vendor. They would walk into um, their, their customer and say, this is what you need. This is what I'll supply for you. This is what I'll install for you. They didn't, it, they didn't sit there and usually uh, have the customer say, oh, I need is just this. I just need a few little things here and there, and I'd like to add to it later, that kind of thing. So essentially what happened when these advertisements started on TV and some of the bigger companies came out with small pieces of automation and control. It gave the decision-making power to the, to the user, to the end user, where instead of someone kind of coming in and saying, this is what you get, they started saying, well, that's weird because I saw an ad on 
TV that said I could do this for, you know, $9.95 a, a month or something. So that changed things and it continues to change things. And maybe these companies that are advertising aren't really giving the solution that, that maybe everyone needs or most people need, but they've changed the attitude. And the attitude is, well, what about this? I just want this. I don't want this whole thing. I just want this. And I think that's the direction that this industry needs to go and that it's going. Yeah, I, I really agree because the from a design and, and execution standpoint or perspective in getting these systems installed, when you have a large system like that, a, a lot goes into it. But once it's up and running, you tend not to touch it at all. And, it's and, too complex. Yeah. So we deliver version one and we tend to just kind of leave it alone and move on to the next project. But with we, these smaller solutions, there really needs to be a lot more service because, well, they're easier to manage and they tend to be more flexible. Yeah. A little anecdote. We had a big family reunion around a birthday this last summer and we got a big house with a big theater, um, which I don't have in my own home, but it was a beautiful theater in in this home, the Airbnb that we got. And there were a lot of us, and one of us, well, I mean, first of all, there were several engineers, and then one of them was a very experienced integrator who was there. We could not get that darn theater to work correctly we could never we could never figure it out and we were experts I mean I'm not but the people that were around me were experts and I thought well this is just it's it's ridiculous I guess that you have to have some sort of you know long training to actually be able to change channels and find out which movies you want and that sort of thing so it all I've heard about that but the truth is it really brought it home even yeah. our, even um, our integrator who has ha had his own integration company has done Crestron. I, I don't mean to bag on Crestron. It happened to be a Crestron um, installation. Could not figure it out. <laughs> so it was pretty bad. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes you, you just need what you need. And if you want something, you know, really expensive and complex and high end, you can get that with open systems. That's, that's not an issue. Um, but uh, you, or you can stall, start out a little simpler and smaller and then add to it with, with the kind of systems that you and I are talking about. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. A quick one, a similar story I have. I was on a an airport bar going to Infocom once and I met some stranger. What are you doing all of that? And I told him AV and kind of explained what it was. And his reaction was, oh, that's the stuff that never works, right? <laughs> and it's, it's yeah. kind of a shame that we have that reputation, yeah. but yeah, yes. the overcomplexity has something to do with that. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree. When you have to have hours long training and that sort of thing, I think that you just, you know, it, it, it's just not working. Not, not for the user. Yeah, it needs to be easy. It's, it's yeah, a, a it big, needs, big. And we won't even get into the whole part of you don't even own it if it's a big old proprietary system. And most of the time you don't even own the programming and that kind of thing, which I don't think end users know until perhaps the integrator maybe goes out of business and then they find out they don't even own that software that they paid so much money for. 
I think that's a, that could be a podcast in itself. Licensing yeah. is a very complicated subject, but um, yeah, there's. I thought that it changed of- actually. I thought that that, because people became aware of it years ago, I thought that it changed, but I was just at a, a trade show uh, a couple of days ago, a little trade show down in LA. And, and, and we were talking about that. I was talking about that to an integrator and the integrator said, Oh no, that's still the case. That's, that, that's still the case. So I was surprised at that. Yeah, there's many different ways to approach it. But in the end, if it's a closed system and you don't have access to the, the operating system, if it's not some kind of open source operating system, then yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about Global Cache. Is there... Mm-hmm. Are you working on anything interesting? Yes, I think we're always working on something interesting. So when we started, um, that was 16 years ago. Hard to believe, really. Um, We basically uh, had a 19-inch rack mount and a couple of smaller units that had some IR, some serials, some relay, um, all pre-configured, of course. And those still sell. I mean, we still, those are still very popular um, product, but technology is moving along. So um, we need to do something else. But that was actually, I think, a, a brilliant product. And so then later we came out with little smaller devices that would, would usually you wouldn't find them in a rack. You would find them close to the um, equipment that you were Wi-Fi or IP enabling. So, you know, an entertainment system would take one little device, you know, that kind of thing. Those were the iTouches. And then later the the flexes, we have uh, the flexes. And what, what we did is as we moved along, um, we would add features and, and maybe a little bit uh, different um, enclosure, that sort of thing. And the flex became... Um, uh, a little more flexible where you could uh, have a, a cable. The, the cable would define what kind of product you were connecting to. And then you could either buy a Wi-Fi or IP, or you still can, of course, an IP or Wi-Fi flex. And those uh, are amazing products. But the newest product line, Global Connect, we've been talking about this product line for a very long time, to be honest. But we began shipping production units of those units, uh, of those products, last week or the week before and we've been shipping beta for quite a while i think you got one of our first beta probably a year more than a year ago Sounds right. and they're the coolest product line we're i'm so excited about them and they really are the culmination of 16 years in the industry listening to integrators and customers and and um, the people that use our products and actually knowing how the industry is developing um, and essentially the way you think of global connect is um, it's a family of products it comes in different chassis sizes all the way from a 19 inch chassis rack mount chassis to a uh, four and a half inch chassis and each chassis according to the size has a number of slots in it and then a module goes in the slot some of the modules can be um take one slot some can take two and uh in the case of a brand new um module that we have which is the raspberry pi that can take three slots so you have a number of slots we have uh, I think 34 pre-configured um, devices, Global Connect devices, so almost everything you can imagine. And we will make available uh, a custom 
uh, Global Connect. And what we've done with that product, if we've, we've done what we've always done, we've done it really well, and that's the IR serial um, RS-232 contact closure uh, relay. And um, we've, but we've added as a three-to-one uh, HDMI switcher and also I, I mentioned earlier the Raspberry Pi. And a Raspberry Pi, for those who don't know, most people know what it is, but it is a full-blown uh, uh, computer. It's a very powerful device. And the beauty of the Raspberry Pi is it's all based on open source, which is very different from open systems, which means this open source piece of hardware, you can actually purchase that very inexpensively um, on the internet. I think it's like something like $40 something like that. Or you can buy it from us, uh, fully installed uh, as an option on Global Connect. And so the, the beauty of it is every installation is different, every one of them. So uh, an integrator goes into the installation and they know that they need all IR, the whole thing. They can buy anywhere from just three IR, IR ports, independent IR ports, to uh, how, um, let's see. I'm going to guess 12. 27 or something. 27. Something like wow. that. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can build almost anything you want with Global Connect, which is, you know, really pretty awesome. And it's very inexpensive, tried and true, based on technology we've been using forever. Um, we have a, a product called Control Tower, which for our partners, our partners are able to integrate their software with Control Tower, which is an online cloud-based um, IR database. And that is a powerful thing as well. Uh, so we're, what we're doing is we're providing solutions for folks like yourself, Patrick, people who, um, who want to be able to provide what the customer needs. Not, you, know, you, don't, you don't want to force something like, well, I have a couple of extra RS-232 ports and that kind of thing that you're paying for, but that's all I have. So you, you basically can get what you need and not pay for something extra. That's an interesting point. Um, you're right. There are so many unused ports out there in the world yeah. that uh, somebody paid for and they're just, they don't need them. Okay. There's an argument yeah, for future waste. expansion, but how much of that do you actually need? So yes. I love this concept of a build your own control system, basically, and um, very flexible Raspberry Pi. Again, you could choose whatever kind of software language you want. Um, you know exactly what's running on there. But there also comes a little bit of responsibility with that as well, right? So you're, yes. you have to install the OS. Um, is, do you have yes. any plans or how are you handling that? Does it come empty or do you have any suggestions on how to handle getting up and running? Well, I think you can speak to that a little bit more, right? <laughs> I, I'm not going to attempt that because I think you can explain that a little bit better than I can. Um, uh -huh. Our uh, our uh, intention, of course, is to ship out um, some basics that are coming from your company, from Control House. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. So yeah, I'm happy that uh, we just had another conversation. We've obviously been talking about this for a long time, and uh, I'm really happy to kind of announce that. Um, our software will be shipping with the Global Connect on the Raspberry Pi. 
and uh, we'll have an operating system on there that has a connection to the cloud so we can update the operating system in case any, any uh, security vulnerabilities are discovered. The operating system will get updated automatically in the application as well. And um, of course, we've got an application on there where you could um, connect to the devices from the internet for monitoring and control, connecting with Alexa, all sorts of features. And um, it's really exciting stuff. And, um, it really is. I'm excited about it because this is, again, exactly what we've always said we were going to do. You make it easy. Make yeah. it easy for the integrator. Absolutely. And in parallel, there are other lots of open source projects out there, mm -hmm. but there are even some drag and drop programming languages. Uh, Node Red comes to mind. It's mm -hmm. been talked about on this podcast quite a bit, and it really does make it approachable. You don't need a degree in computer science to write a control program. Right, exactly. And you, you're not, you're not uh, hooked into just one technology, which, you know, if you, you again, I, I really don't like, I, it sounds like I don't like Crestron. I do. I mean, we have, we have many uh, customers who use our product with Crestron products, but, um, you know, they spend a lot of money on uh, training programmers for Crestron and that sort of thing. That is something you don't have to do. You can actually use things like Node-RED and, and software like yours that doesn't take a lot of expensive training and you're not just stuck with one vendor. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been through it myself. I am a Crestron programmer, gold certified. There you go. Doing it for a long time. So the com compare and contrast of going to training and staying up to date to just Googling. I mean, it's a lot of work to get up to speed on, on something like JavaScript or a brand new programming language, but there's no roadblocks, right? If you have an internet right. connection, you could download the software and start testing with it right on your laptop immediately. And there's mm -hmm. tons of tutorials out there. And so, you're not stuck with one vendor. Exactly. Exactly. There's that freedom again, which yes. comes uh, back to, you know, what I think integrators, that's the value they provide is, is uh, flexible systems. And it's preparing for the future. Yeah. It, you know, it's something we talked about a few minutes ago. And that is, you know, you ask, you know, how can people prepare, prepare for this, this shift that we're right. seeing? Well, that is a, that's a really important way. Yeah. And one of the things I do notice, again, um, I'll, I'll be at a trade show and there'll be uh, maybe uh, 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 an owner of, of an integrator, integration company, and he maybe he's got his kid with him, maybe a 17 or 18-year-old or 15-year-old, whatever, high school student. They want to take him to a trade show. They want to see what's happening. And as soon as I start talking about the Raspberry Pi, on, on the unit and that you could do all these things. That's when the kid, the dad kind of standing there like, hmm, what do I do with that? The kid's stepping forward saying, oh, I could do that. I can do that. That's something that I can do. So this is like a whole new, um, a, a whole new technical future that almost any young person who has any technical ability can can use can yeah, leverage definitely. and that's a big deal the next generation is going to have a completely different perspective and take on on how to right. implement technology and the expectation will be for why can't i just use it yeah for for them it's a no-brainer so just a, I really want to highlight a few more things about the raspberry pi because it is such <laughs> a powerful device we talked a yeah. lot about control but 
there's a video output on that thing. Yes, there's that's a exciting. Wireless networking on it. You could use it as an access point. So we were talking about going from big systems to smaller options. I think this is a great example of that where in one device, you've got a video. So you could use it as a digital signage player, for example. You could do yep. automation and control. You could monitor your network. You could use it as an access point. I mean, it really is a flexible thing. Anything you can do with a computer. That's right. A full-blown computer. Yeah, and more, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> So, Robin, do you have any final thoughts for us? Well, my my final thought is I feel I feel really privileged to be part of this industry. It's really been fun. It you know coming from IT, which is really great, and has you know there's a lot of money in IT. Um, I must say, it's it's really been fun to be part of this industry. It's been fun to see that the things we expected to happen are happening. We've really enjoyed that a lot. Um, it it has been a long, slow slog to get Global Connect out and you know perfected, but we're there, and so we're we're so excited about it. And I I feel like um, for anyone who has technical ability, they right away see it's a game changer, and that it's incredibly. Um, valuable. So I think what I'd like to leave everyone, everyone with is look into it, look into choosing your software and then getting the hardware that'll support that software. Because really it's the software that, that does what you need it to do. And then the hardware, that's something you need to connect everything and, and, and that sort of thing. But, and, you know, of course, we value hardware because we're a hardware manufacturer, but we also know we make it so that folks like yourself can take advantage of it and, um, you know, leverage it to, to actually provide solutions for, for the integrator channel and for the people who are actually going to be using the product. So, you know, I just got to say that I, I feel really happy to be part of this industry and super excited about Global Connect. And also our partnership with you, Patrick. I think it's really going to be super uh, valuable and it's going to make things easy for the, for the people who uh, are using the product. Yeah, that's the plan. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing where all of this takes us. And um, if anybody would like to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? So uh, the email address is probably the best, robin.ford at globalcachet.com. Excellent. Robin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And thank you for inviting me, Patrick. I always enjoy talking to you. If you or anyone on your staff ever considered themselves just an AV programmer, join the club. That's how I used to feel. I was just an AMX programmer or just a Crestron programmer. Whatever language of your choice is, whatever it may be, there's generally this feeling in AV that we're not capable of using modern programming languages. And it simply isn't true. Sure, there's a learning curve, but once you get through it, all other languages become easier to learn and it just expands the amount of options you have when designing a system. It's not an either-or decision. You don't say, I won't be using these manufacturer tools anymore. It's just you have a broader palette to choose from. And here's what Mark Day, founder of Ideabox, had to say about his experience with the online courses at learnavprogramming.com. You know, Patrick, it's funny how the smallest things 
can sometimes be the start of really big ideas. Uh, before I took the learnavprogramming.com courses, I was in that proprietary, I'm only a control system programmer kind of mindset, right? Uh, when it came to new technologies or current technologies like JavaScript or, or things like that, for some reason, I thought that was different from what I'm doing. And what taking your courses flipped for me was not so much what I learned technically taking the courses. It was the mindset of, oh, wait a second, I'm already doing 99% of what some of these most modern programmers are doing. I just have to learn, uh, you know, the other 1%. And that's really what I did. So it's really been kind of a big change after taking the course. Um, and I would really recommend this course to any integrator. Not only will it obviously help their skill set, but more importantly, it might change their whole mindset, uh, which is more important and, and, and really show them new opportunities open the door so they kind of see problems through a different lens. Uh, I gotta tell you, one of the, the biggest changes for me was as soon as I taught myself HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and saw the UIs that I can make with those technologies, I, I just couldn't sell a uh, Crestron touch panel again. Mark is a great example of somebody who takes new information and really applies it. I know that Mark still sells a lot of Crestron equipment, but for him, for his company, for his customers, for his business, he needed a better UI. He needed another option for a user interface, and modern programming allowed him to do that. So the question is, how can you use modern programming to improve your business? Please go to learnavprogramming.com, and wherever you see a sign-up button, go ahead and sign up, and you'll get some free information to get a feel of my learning style and what kind of information is available. And of course, it would be an honor to have you enroll in one of our courses and help you upgrade your skills and take this industry to the next level. Thanks for listening to Software Defined Survival. I hope you found it useful, and maybe it inspires you to try out something new this week. If you have any questions, Go to softwaredefinedsurvival.com and click the appropriate button. I'd love to answer your questions on the air. And if you'd like to help spread the word, please subscribe, comment, and share it with your friends. Thanks.